Joining us now, Dr. Peter Uni, head of the Ontario Science Table. He joins us to discuss some recent COVID headlines. Dr. Uni, good afternoon. Pleasure to talk again. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me again. All right, let's start with this uh, UK study, if we could, because it's suggesting, Dr. Uni, that uh, COVID can actually damage brain tissue. What more can you tell us about this? Yeah, this has been out uh, as a preprint already previously before it was published now in Nature. Um, and that, you know, the study is based on a unique uh, design in the UK. It's called the UK Biobank study. Uh, which allowed really people uh, to 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 have people really be followed up regarding their uh, Im- the imaging of their brain, and the uh, the point really is you know that um, what we knew all along that COVID really can affect various organ systems also holds for the brain this is not just you know some some idea that uh, people are having. Uh, that 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 there is a you know a, a struggle associated with long COVID. What we're really seeing is that there's a, a loss of of a, of of a brain matter that we don't know how this will behave over time. We don't know what the clinical relevance is, but it can be detected. And this is beyond any doubt that this is a a real phenomenon. That's the point here, you know? So, you know, for all those out there who continue to suggest that this is basically just, you know, a flu, et cetera, and all of that is overstated. We have known all along that this is not the case. Now we also have really strong evidence that, that there's a challenge also, you know, that this virus is also affecting the brain directly we don't know the mechanisms yet um, we don't know um, what the the, uh, the consequences are and um, what is important to remember is you know that those people were actually affected by covid and could be examined and compared with people who were not affected by covid most of them weren't in the hospital that was just garden variety covid you know that the people uh, experienced at home and uh, despite that, that's what we're seeing. And it's also associated, you know, with some decreased um, speed in some tests that uh, that were done. Um, so it really just points towards some associations between what we see in imaging also with the function of the brain. Mm-hmm. And we know that, of course, uh, early on in the uh, pandemic, people were reporting a, a loss of taste and smell. And from the reporting I've seen when it comes to the damage in brain tissue, it's mostly affected the area of the brain that has to do with smell. Would that be fair to say, Dr. Uni? This is fair to a certain extent, but we need to keep in mind, you know, that uh, these areas are not exclusively related to just one function. And some of the areas weren't also directly related to uh, to the uh, the sense of smell. So, yes, this may play a role. And it could also be, you know, that some of what we're seeing now, just uh, with, uh, with the loss in volume, that this is related to a sensory deprivation, that if you don't smell, that the part of the brain that uh, that is indeed, um, you know, dealing with that is just uh, atrophied for a moment. But uh, it's probably not the entire explanation. And the point here is just let's realize we're just talking about something that needs to, to have a continued careful attention. We shouldn't get overly dramatic about it. But what we're seeing not only in the brain in this study, but also in m- many other you know, organ 
organs uh, basically that if people have long COVID, we're able to detect correlates that we're actually just, uh, you know, seeing in imaging or with, uh, with other means. So this is just real. And this is not just something that is imagined. And this damage to brain tissue, it was detected in people with even just mild cases of COVID, Absolutely. not those that were hospitalized, but those that uh, maybe experienced even uh, little to no symptoms. This, this is correct. So people who actually had uh, COVID at home, as I said before, were also affected. The number of people who actually were in hospital was too small, you know, to completely statistically um, nail down that, uh, that things were more severe in those people. It's probably true that it was more severe, you know, and again, taken together and there is no direct evidence, but indirect evidence based on everything we know, you know, with a decreased risk of long COVID, with a decreased risk of hospitalization and serious outcomes with the vaccines. It points once more just to the really important fact that for all of us out there who haven't been fully vaccinated yet, even if we have had COVID before, let's get fully vaccinated to protect ourselves against these very real issues, you know, that are real as compared with some sometimes very strange theoretical concerns about the uh, safety of the vaccine. All right. Just finally on this, do we know if the effects on the brain from COVID, is it permanent? Is this something that might improve with time or is the jury still out on that? So, I mean, one thing which is really important once more to say, we don't know the clinical relevance of that anyway. And uh, we see people with long COVID in general, you know, improve over time, most of them, but not all of them also. And here again, we just would need to have more follow-up. Right now, we just basically have a comparison uh, we have we have had people just there uh, before COVID, after COVID, compared with a control group, but we only have one cross section after COVID. Means more data are needed to understand how this all behaves over time. All right. Also, wanted to ask you here this afternoon about uh, Florida and their decision. The state uh, will formally uh, recommend against COVID vaccinations for healthy children. What's your take on that, Doctor Uni? Oh, this is just politicized now. So uh, this is against everything we know, you know, against uh, the trial data, the line of argument that was brought up. You know, it, it honestly, you, I can't really take seriously what's happening there in Florida. Remember, they've had at about the same average age than we have here in Ontario and, you know, much better weather, which should have played into their court. They have had four times as many deaths as we have, you know, which just shows you the entire management of COVID in Florida is just, I mean, you know, I, I lack words, as you just noticed. And uh, what we're now seeing just with uh, with uh, this decision, with the vaccines, that's just, a, from my perspective, a politicized decision. This is not based on uh, scientific evidence, just on rhetoric. All right. I got to leave it there. Dr. Uni, appreciate the time with us as always. Thanks so much for this. Thanks a lot for having me. You bet. Dr. Peter Uni is head of the Ontario Science Table. And we're back after this break here in the Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.